Hi, I'm Kristen. I'm a social self-prez 911963. Hi, I'm Kaisa. I'm a sexual social 918 with the 3 and 5 fixes. Hi, I'm Sammy. I'm a self-prez social 911 with 514 and 413 fixes. Okay. And this time Sammy, you did do your homework, didn't you? I did. I'm a good student. Oh. <laughs> well done, Sammy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't even know how I want to like um start like why we're why we're talking about this. Um but this episode is going to be on disassembling and reassembling which is like a thing oh fuck i should bring up the document please please do um why are we talking about this i noticed this i mean this isn't something that like i've discovered or anything (laughs) um this is a common theme in mythology in um in it's in mythology we can go back and forth so you can also click back and forth to it when you need to as well um it's a common theme in mythology and it's like even a thing in like shamanism and um it's both kind of like a ritual and like a symbolic sort of thing so I think why it would pertain to the sexual instinct, though, is, you know, we kind of found this aspect. I mean, obviously, there's like the loss of self that we've already talked about, but there's also kind of like this sort of um, drive to be like obliterated in some kind of way and rearranged, like a drive to like you think of you know, someone going and doing a bunch of drugs and it's just like all of them just gets torn apart, ripped apart. And then as they sober up, like all these pieces come back together or something. It's just like, there's something um, seductive about this process in a psychic way. Um, And I think that's why then in mythology, it's been told in a very, what seems like a literal way, but it's in ritual it is also kind of just symbolic um so we can explain a bit about what dismembering and reassembling is but um or yeah dismembering i said disassembling too either one Mm -hmm. there's other things we'll get into about it um but does anyone want to say anything before i blab about it take it away dr blab Okay. Um, So the most obvious one, I think, is with um, Dionysus. And I found a bunch of texts that, like, um, I guess this particular myth of Dionysus was, like, an Orphic myth. So already right there, like, um, it's a bit more, uh, what would you say, like, esoteric or something i don't know but um basically before dionysus was dionysus um he was zagreus 
And um, the myth, I mean, I can even just read the really tiny part. The myth was, in a short way, um, Zeus mated with his daughter Persephone, who bore a son, Zagreus, which is another name for Dionysus. In her jealousy, Hera then aroused the Titans to attack the child. These monstrous beings, their faces whited with chalk, attacked the infant as he was looking in a mirror and cut him to pieces with knives. After the murder, the Titans devoured the dismembered corpse, but the heart of the infant god was saved and brought to Zeus by Athena, and Dionysus was born again, swallowed by Zeus and begotten on Samil. Zeus was angry with the Titans and destroyed them with his thunder and lightning, but from their ashes, mankind was born. So deep, deep into the myth, it's basically like um, the because of the aspect of, you know, tearing apart and then putting back together and tearing apart, like it's this, um, like we were talking about last week, or yeah, with the other myth of like, the separatio and the conjunctio. Yes. <laughs> the greatest words. Uh-huh. Um, that like there is parts of us that get scattered and we reclaim them and we bring them back and we experience kind of like the euphoric, like, whoa, I'm not who I am, but I also am finding a different part of me. I don't know. It's like very, it's simultaneous. It's not um, very easy to explain everyone's particular experience but anyway the one thing I kept running into was that like mankind and like being a human and essentially our instincts are human instincts um are very Dionysian so like this is where the aspect of like the human race is part Dionysian as well because these like there's all these elements of like um what would i say something about the ashes and eating them i'm losing track of my thoughts now <laughs> but anyway uh, sorry can't help you that's <laughs> okay i was going on a train of thought and i lost it but anyway um there was so in this particular okay See, this is the words that I was talking about. How do you pronounce these? Sparagmos. Yeah, sparagmos and amophagy. 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 Um, it's specific rites that they would do, which is basically like the uh, sparagmos is like the disassembling, um, and the amophagy <laughs> is the eating of the flesh, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, the eating of the flesh, too, very um, symbolic, like, the ingestion of, like, the instinct and stuff. So it's, like, putting what was once this thing back into you. It's the birth, the death and rebirth process. Um, That's why in the myth, too, like, it's the out of the ashes. Like, so it's the old gods that die and out of the ashes are the human race. So, um, so it goes from in between spirit, like the p- process of instinct that's like spirit and matter that we continue to talk about as well. There's a spiritual as- aspect, so it is part um, Titan because the Titans do eat Dionysus. That's where I was trying to go with my conversation. <laughs> Why we're a Dionysian culture is because 
the Titans eat Dionysus. And then that's like the ashes of the Titans that just ate Dionysus is the thing that births mankind. So it's this mm-hmm. cyclical process. Um, does that make sense? Is any of this making sense? <laughs> it does. It, is. it reminds okay. me of that story, uh, Perfume, kind of. You that book? Mm-mm. Oh, um. I mean, spoiler for the book. I haven't read it. I just, I've read the Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but it's it's this guy who, um, he like, he wants to capture the perfect scent and he does it by killing virgins. Oh, um, I remember. But then like, I don't remember, I remember like what happens in the middle, but like at the end of the story, he gets torn apart by the townspeople and then they eat him. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. Cannibalism. Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> Well, we have more stories about that for later, but <laughs> um, yeah, I found this one and that's why too, like this might come up in dreams and stuff. We have a few examples that we can give about this particular um, experience happening, but and we should probably uh, make a disclaimer that this is specifically like a sexual instinct thing, which we haven't mentioned yet. Oh, it's kind of important. Did I not say that? <laughs> I thought I, I did. Think, I don't think you did, though. <laughs> okay. Well, welcome to this insomnia podcast. This is <laughs> our sexual instinct episode, one of them. Yeah. Don't forget your blind spots. Whoops. <laughs> I thought I said something. Okay. Anyway. Um, okay. So, oh, yeah. And the twice born. I'm looking to see if there's something I'd want to read specifically from this paper because I think they did a good job mm-hmm. with the symbolism. Um, oh, yeah. Other people that similar things happen to. I don't know that name. But Osiris, which we'll be reading a bit about. Um, Persephone, you think of that too as a very death and rebirth um, series. Countless others. We'll have some Norse that Kaisa will be pronouncing because I can't. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and um oh yeah, I like this part. Uh represents the basic cyclic nature of this world. The growth of living, flowing things depend wholly on the death and breaking down of other living things. To stay alive, we eat the lamb who crops the grass, which is fed by the feces and carcasses of both lamb and man. So life within the Dionysian paradigm, as encoded in myth, ritual, and tragedy, consists of repeated and alternating cycles of creation and destruction. The destruction of Dionysus's flesh and the spilling of his blood fertilize the earth, allowing the birth or the rebirth of mankind and the continuance of the spirit of that god, the immortal part of humanity, through a series of corporeal bodies. The rituals of sporagmos and ophomophagy do not merely incorporate the imagery of myth as an artistic artifact cut off from social function. They, in fact, attempt to recreate the spirit and passion of this Dionysian reality in the celebrants um so that was talking about like the actual ritual that people like the in the orphic tradition would do through celebrating this so don't ask me how they did probably included dismembering animals or people of some kind i have no clue and i don't really care but symbolically (laughs) this is pretty cool Mm -hmm. (laughs) what it means um so no one else repeat this ritual out in the world but it talked about um, tragedy, like how this 
you know, it was a specific, very specific article that I found, but I did like this, um, that it talked about, uh, when the tragic hero becomes murdered on stage. And also let's all think about this, like in dream context as well. Like when he's, this author is looking at it through stories um like plays and stuff but that's exactly what dream material is as well so when the tragic hero becomes murdered on stage the hero's dismembered body becomes the flesh that the audience feasts upon the spectators have become ecstatic celebrants through the course of tragic and pathetic events the anagnorosis the peripetia and ultimately the catharsis in the successful tragedy, the spectator loses self-awareness and becomes joined in a group consciousness incarnated through the events on stage. The cathartic moment of ecstasis, the removal of self, is integral for this ritual experience. We should not think that the blessings of ritual madness are inconceivable for the rational observer, for Dionysic experience is essentially collective or congregational and is so far from being a rare gift that is highly infectious so i liked that just this aspect too of just not really being in your ego um when you're experiencing certain things this was kind of told from the audience's perspective but i thought it was just interesting as like showing it as a whole maybe but so that's like the basis that I kind of started going off of was the myth with Dionysus. Um, and I think everyone probably knows about Dionysus being incredibly like sexual instinct <laughs> representative or whatever. Um, the other myth that this is very similar to, because we'll kind of talk about them in general, is Osiris, the myth of Osiris. when. Um, I'm just going to blast through this, that blah, 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 lots of drama and um, <laughs> Cyrus. Right. Good luck, by the way, trying to pronounce that. <laughs> I'm not going to pronounce. I'm just going to talk about Osiris. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, this. Yes. <laughs> the fish. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. So basically, okay. Oh, yeah. So is it? Yeah. Seth kills Osiris um, when Isis finds before Osiris dies a second time, supposedly too much of a good thing. Um, he searches for Osiris's remains, finds it, tears it into 14 pieces and scatters the body parts throughout Egypt. So that's another thing that Osiris was torn apart and scattered everywhere, um, except for the phallus which a fish ate, and I'm not going to pronounce the fish's name, so we'll just call it the fish. Um, <laughs> uh, it's a very long name. I think there's a different, the remora fish, we'll call it the remora fish. So, yeah, um, and then the idea of the remora fish and why it contains uh, Osiris's phallus, essentially. Okay, I'll read the last part of it. Um. I'm going to just call it the remora fish because I'm not pronouncing that name. Um, the power of the remora fish to stop the largest ships gives us a visualization of the paradoxical nature of the process towards wholeness. 
The idea that our true reality and identity lies beyond the senses and reasoning is parallel with the two zodiacal fish going in opposite directions. The true seeker must learn to swim against the tide of reason and against the externalization of desires, which is indicated by the large ships. From the alchemical point of view, the remora fish exerts an attraction on the ships that is compared to the influence of a magnet on iron. It is the power of the magnet that draws out the iron from our base nature. Hence, our spiritual resurrection begins only after we lose identity with outward desires and become androgynous, as it were. Carl Jung makes the distinction that the magnetic force in the alchemical view does not proceed from the fish, but from a magnet, which people possess and which exerts the attraction that was once the mysterious property of the fish. It is the magnet of the wise that has the power to draw us out of the depths of the ocean of the unconscious, which is the real secret of teaching alchemy. Um, so I just thought that was really beautifully put. And it's just a strange aspect of the um, Osiris myth. Like I also like how in like um, the Dionysus myth, it's like his heart that is saved and like put in Zeus's thigh or whatever so it's this small aspect that is like much more personal and thriving in its own way and ha holds a lot of um parts of ourselves we don't normally access like the ego doesn't really allow us to access and so it's kind of the same with this myth that it's like it's this fish <laughs> that has Osiris's phallus in it that kind of is like the the point of which things start to work through people in a way that it hadn't before, if that makes sense, in this type of ritual that we're talking about of dismembering and reassembling. Um, so yeah, Osiris is one, Dionysus is another, and then Kaisa, would you like to explain our little Norse mythology that's very similar? Of course. Similar? <laughs> yeah, so... I found an article that like really describes this dismembering uh, and reassembling thing in a way that resonates with sexual instinct. And it's about Ymir. Um, okay, I'm just going to read this thing because I don't remember. Like, whatever. Okay. Mm -hmm. Ymir was born when fire, fire and f ice uh, met in the abyss of Ginnungagap. Ymir was... When he slept, several other giants were conceived asexually in Ymir's hermaphroditic body and spontaneously sprang from his legs and the sweat from his armpits. The divine brothers then slew Ymir and fashioned the cosmos from his corpse. Thematically, Ymir is the personification of the chaos before creation, which is also depicted as the impersonal void of Ginnungagap. Both Ymir and Ginnungagap are ways of talking about limitless potential that isn't actualized, that hasn't yet become the particular thing that we find in the world around us. This is why the Vikings described it as a void. It's nothingness, but it nevertheless contains the basic stuff out of which the gods can make true things. In this case, the primal matter is Ymir's body, which the gods tear apart to craft the elements. Ymir is depicted as a hermaphrodite who can reproduce on his own asexually. 
differentiation, including sexual differentiation, didn't exist yet. The gods had to create that as part of their task of giving differentiated forms to what had previously been formless and undifferentiated. And so this really speaks speaks to the uh like between the tension between matter and spirit, the like the matter and form. And uh it describes the kind of the liminal space that the sexual instinct is in and how these polarities remain undifferentiated and how <clears throat> sexual types like compulsively try to differentiate through others like projecting the polarity to to others and uh like uh, jung says that this kind of cosmic man archetype is just like universal uh this kind of dismembering a cosmic man whose body parts become the universe it's just like found in every every mythology ever um and that aspect uh, of the body and the universe they signify the self and and a process of individuation like in individual and collective and it kind of describes it combines feminine and masculine archetypes the anima and animus and is like in that way hermaphroditic yeah and so for the process of dismembering, like the opposite action would be remembering. And as the body or and the universe created from the body, they represent the self or a state of wholeness. It's a process that aims to self-remember and to differentiate the feminine and masculine and actualize and constitute a form out of the formless. However, like the reassembling is outsourced to the mother uh, and like the in sexual types the reassembling or the self-remembering it's it becomes the job for the object of desire or the other where the wholeness is projected onto mm -hmm. and i've had some dreams about it in the past so i must just i will I will blab about it. <laughs> You're kind uh, of blab about yes. it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Okay. So one dream. I was in a car accident, but like I don't remember the accident. I was I just remember my whole body was torn apart and the lower part of my body was missing from heart down. I was like like head, shoulders and hands. I guess I had my heart. But um I was taken outside on a table out of my grandfather's house. It was like nighttime and I, I saw my intestines fell out, all of my like organs just, and all my blood was just everywhere. And I knew there was nothing I could do for myself. And I had to like rely completely on the surgeon or others to save myself because there was nothing I could do. So. There was this kind of it was very horrifying and humbling and there was this sense of surrender for either either to death or to the to someone who would then reassemble reassemble me and make me whole and i've had another dream like that when i fell down the stairs and all of my bones were crushed and i was taken in an ambulance to my parents yard and 
yeah, they just patched me in, tried to patch me in the ambulance. That that was another thing. Like again, I was I just had to surrender. There was like I I felt there was nothing I could do. Like mm-hmm. it was either death or or the people who were who were helping me. So uh, yeah, there th- that speaks to the whole death and rebirth t- thing too, and the, like renewal, self renewal. Except that it's not like it's not self actualizing. It's expecting a parental complex to do it for mm-hmm. for me and this parental complex is then in my waking life projected to the objects of desire yeah there was another dream too um i was slowly turning into a fleshy spider human and i creep in the dark corners of buildings my family and others got scared of me so i hit more i took some people into some s- sterile warehouse and I dismembered the people and soaked them in like very fucked up positions. They were alive the whole time and like I, I disfigured them by cutting their limbs and sewing them to the wrong places. I sewed them into tight balls that so that they were unable to move. They were hurting. <laughs> Eventually I got so cut off from society and people that I ended up being more spider than a human, and I went to live in an underground cave with other spiders. And I was communicating with them through vibration. Oh my god. Uh, okay. We are gonna get banned from every app. Oh my god. <laughs> I was just cutting people up and then I turned into a spider. Either. <laughs> but yeah, it's they just, were hurting. Oh. But I, <laughs> <laughs> it's just amazing. I I love this dream, the fleshy oh. spider human. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Through vibration. Well, do you? Can I say something real quick? For sure. Okay. <laughs> um, one of the things I'm kind of like coming across as we talk about this I I think that's why I mean like it is kind of just hard to talk about I'm sure there's tons of people historians that know more about these mythologies than we do that can talk about it but like one of the things that I keep seeing my feels very different from what we have been talking about but I think is just as important for the sexual instinct is that like maybe we'll talk about pan at some point um I think pan could really be someone uh, a figure just as the instincts in general like maybe not specifically the sexual instinct but maybe I don't know what I'm trying to say is is that one of the things with these myths and with pan and stuff like that there is an aspect um like ecstasy I don't think just takes uh a pleasurable form like you can be like ecstatically terrified as well like there Mm. is a it's like a very overwhelming kind of like uh push to the body and the senses and everything and that can be a terrifying thing Mm -hmm. and that's why even sometimes sexual instinct like people with sexual instinct can like push another person you know that push-pull dynamic like they can put themselves into positions where they're at risk they're threatened like purposefully because of that like there is a terror that can be 
activated as well. Yeah, but like, of course, in these dreams, the imagery and the feelings are like horror. Mm -hmm. But in waking life, the whole, uh, I'm gonna like dismember myself and unveil my depths is like as if psychology, psychologically taking off your clothes and yeah, yeah, falling apart. And, and then when, when the other is like reassembling, doing the reassembly, it's like, it's it's a very intimate experience. It's like almost as if eroticizing mm. the whole 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 process. It there there's definitely like a magnetism and this kind of um it, it feels like a foreplay. Like not in a how that's not a <laughs> word because it's not like it's hey, it's you not like come a, over and tear me apart and sew me back together. <laughs> Yeah, well, because it's not like that. It's it's <laughs> that's such just yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's not like that. Like, hey, we are doing sexual things now. <laughs> it's like very very subtle, like energetic things, and it's like it's like an like a knowing or an awareness that this is a thing that <laughs> like we are doing together, like being on the same wavelength about like touching. Uh, psychologically each other's most intimate parts mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right yeah and yeah you were talking just yesterday Kristen how like especially self-pressed blinds just fall apart in front of people <laughs> like I I do <laughs> I do <it> too <laughs> I was just I'm actually at Kristen's place right now and I was in a <laughs> I took a ferry that I didn't know where it was going so I was like what? Oh, oh, it's, it's, oh, I didn't know about this. You just took fairy and you just didn't know. <laughs> okay, wait, let me tell this story. So <sighs> I was Aww. texting her and she was like, I'm about to board. I'm like, yay. And I've been sitting at the port. Maggie and I were sitting at this, you know, ferry port for like an hour. Um, and she's like, Oh, I'm on my way. I'm like, okay, cool. And then you just texted like, you know, five minutes later, and you were like, Oh, but I think the boat's going somewhere else. The one that you know, you told me to go to was, it, you know, it it left before I showed up. And I was like, oh, so did you pre-order your ticket? And you were like, yeah. Uh, and I was like, okay, so can you look at, like, can you just go up to the person at the desk and get them to, like, exchange the ticket? She's like, no, I'm already on the boat. And I'm like, what boat are you on? And she's like, you were like, I don't know. My ticket still says where I was supposed to go. And I was like, Kaisa, can you please ask someone, like anyone that you're standing next to, like what boat you're on? And she just and responds, someone asks you that and you're on a boat and you're like, what? And, okay. And then there was this. Hi, excuse me. Where are we going? <laughs> uh, but then there was this uh, very nice couple in front of me, and it, like, okay, this happened also last time when I came to New yeah, York. I was so lost, and then some friendly couple kind of adopted me for a moment. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it happened again, <laughs> and there was a whole bunch of people like helping me and like reassembling me. And I'm like, oh, I'm from countryside. I don't know. This is such a big city. <laughs> 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 wait that's so funny 
<laughs> That's happened twice now. And people were like queuing up to like, here, let me like, I don't know, <laughs> just reassemble you yeah. because you are falling apart in front of everyone. Like I was, I was being very clumsy. I kept, I fell. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> On the boat? Yeah, <laughs> I, I fell there just out of... I was walking on a straight floor and I fell. <laughs> oh, no. And they're like, yeah, excuse me, what ferry am I? Like, where am I going? <laughs> <laughs> they probably thought you were, like, drunk and shit or something. Like, this oh, woman, God. poor woman. There's no clue where she's going. Let's help the, the Finnish girl. Her first time in America in the big city. But it's just Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I am. <laughs> oh my god, that was so funny. Oh yes. <laughs> so anyway, that's a a light uh, yeah. example. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, there's always that's, that. good. that's good. Substitute mom and dad always. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's mom and dad. They're putting me back together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think social blind would be like very specific people, like putting me back together because you still have the social mm. aspect whereas like yeah this is social because it can be like a socially done thing yeah yeah social blinds would have more like exactly as you said i'm sleeping today yeah um but i've had a few examples of dreams in mind too um not often and not this vivid like it has been very small where like you know every once in a while it's maybe like I had like a dismembered hand um what else oh a dismembered animal there was like a a dismembered animal part that was like there was some kind of ritual going on with it with some like shamans I had no clue who they were they just look like you know some kind of indigenous whatever that it was like um there's been a couple different things in times of my life where my life literally felt like it was being reassembled. So like, I I mean, and that's a very social way to put it, but like what is happening in my life is reflecting me too. So like there were, I guess, because, you know, I'm not a sexual type, so it's not like something I would really like be aware of is happening but it was essentially maybe if that makes sense like it was happening but I only really saw it in the context of like you know I'm changing because my life is changing right I mean it's not that um, I before this I haven't been aware of it it's just like now I'm seeing that it kept happening all the time but like I was never aware of it I thought it was like I didn't see that I thought that this is like how everyone is kind of okay or I don't know yeah no that makes Uh, sense Um, But there was one specific because, I mean, there's an aspect that I, you know, we talked about with Dionysus and it's like in a couple other different ones, but the aspect of eating of the flesh, I had a dream way back. It was a couple of years ago when I was, I was having a lot of nightmares and I was having sleep paralysis And when I look back at the time in my life now, it's like, wow, did I need to really listen to my psyche? And I like refused to. Um, And this kind of like refusal to engage, I think kind of came up that I had a dream one night and I don't, I, I should really try and find it because I don't remember the exact detail, 
of who it was, I want to say it was a woman, um, gave me like something to eat and I ate it and it was a corpse. I ate a corpse and I'm not even, look, look, <laughs> this is not a very proud moment in my life. <laughs> This episode is going to be the <laughs> episode, which is reflective of the topic. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, okay. She, I ate a corpse. I stop laughing. It's just the way you're saying it. Like, and I ate a corpse. I ate a corpse. Like, it's just, yeah. Casual. Special Tuesday. <laughs> right. It was a Wednesday night. I ate a corpse. <laughs> I woke up <laughs> and it was like, dude, I can't even. I fucking like legitimately tasted it when I woke up, too. Like, this was the weirdest dream by far I've ever had because mm-hmm. it involved a sense, taste that like you don't normally have in a dream. I fucking woke up with the taste in my mouth. What did it taste like? A fucking corpse! (laughs) But you've never tasted a corpse. So how would you know? Like, can you describe it to me? I couldn't. (laughs) Don't taste for yourself. (laughs) I don't know. I can't find out for yourself. I can't help you. (laughs) Dig your own corpse and eat it. I honestly, I can't describe it because I can only now that I have the association that it was a corpse, that's all I feel like it would taste like was a corpse because I can't compare it to anything else. (laughs) I have no fucking idea. It was so bad. I woke up like I had to get gum. Like I had to get something else in my mouth because I couldn't get it out of my mouth. I could, I don't even. And then I was. This made me, I was looking it up for like days. This is way back before I did dream stuff. And I was looking it up and like some, you know, some people are like, oh, maybe like your cat shit or something. And so you're just like, you're smelling it while you're sleeping and it turns, you know, that kind of thing. And no, like none of this, there was nothing going on in the external world that would have like transferred into what I was experiencing. It was the weirdest fucking thing. This is awesome because like when S when lead SIs have an experience and then they try to like <laughs> like look for something in the external world to like describe it. It's like I can't oh, damn it. Like oh, I just want to know what a corpse tastes like. God damn it. This is like no one no one's gonna know. <laughs> I need no to resonate in my system. Yeah, no, honestly it it was a corpse. It tasted like a corpse. <laughs> And I'll never fucking forget it. I'll never forget it. <laughs> to this day, it haunts me. <laughs> oh my God. I'm feeling a little left out. I have not had a dream where I've eaten flesh or anything. <laughs> no fleshy dreams. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I, I had a dream where I um I entered this like uh abstract like electrical void. Uh, and when I entered it, it turned into like this weird, like orgasmic experience, but it was like terrifying at the same time. Mm. Um, I mean, was, I can't, yeah. there's a lot of context I didn't give to that. But, um, <laughs> like I started out in a concentration camp and Whoa. then um, <laughs> I crawled through a tunnel and then I was in the year like 2040 and I saw that like vortex. So I, I just crawled in and was like, what is this? Like, 
it feels like I'm being penetrated, but like by a void of nothingness. Wow. Like it's so well, and you say crawling through a tunnel, and that's very birth canal like. <laughs> that's yeah, y'all y'all get flesh, I get void. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I was gonna say a lot of like when I think of dismembering or whatever in dreams that you've talked about, it's you do have like a strange like is it a machine part or a body part? Is it <laughs> mechanical mom or spider child? Yeah. Like I just <laughs> and, and like human bodies stuck inside machine bodies. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 I think I remember hearing at some point about like in a lot of rituals that were meant to it's like a kind of like a the loss of ego essentially in order to gain some kind of spiritual insight um which people will go through symbolically in life um like in a ritual sense like a shamanic kind of ritual it would be like the creatures or gods or whatever tearing apart the person it was like a sacrificial kind of thing not literally but like some like you know I don't know, you go on like a drug trip or whatever and you feel as if you're being torn apart, like stuff like this, because it's meant to like break open to like a more spiritual, like once you actually access the human instincts, not the egoic, like automatic instincts, um, the unconscious instincts, like when you access the human ones, it's much more like spiritual then, like a spirituality can exist, Mm -hmm. coexist. That makes perfect sense yeah so it could be like i mean each one of us is i think everybody can is going through some kind of process in like not you know some people actually do have dreams like that um i i think i've heard a couple before but like usually you hear bits and pieces of that like trying to happen Um, So maybe even like your mechanical parts, it's like it's trying to. um, Mm -hmm. And even Kaisa's, yours is like showing a specific way that like it's almost being used in a way it shouldn't. Like you're not a human and you're doing this kind of process to other people. And it's like that kind of Mm. or like it is happening. But like you're saying, other people are then putting you back together. Like there's still not a, a harmonious of like matter and spirit sort of thing going on but and those dreams were like years ago well yeah yeah mine were um <clears throat> years ago too and mine were <laughs> obviously not good <laughs> like that was that dream when um it had me actually look up there were a few times like that and this was one of them where I actually looked up like what dreams mean symbolically and that I think I did find something about like the symbolic like what are you ingesting in your life like what are you trying to digest in life right now that like the food you give yourself which is what we talk about with self-pres and blah 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 and I just remember sitting there and being like a corpse I'm like why would I be giving myself such terrible things (laughs) like literally death like I'm eating death right now like that's not good and yeah I never changed anything so (laughs) (laughs) anyone wanted to know (laughs) it did not pan out well well we've been eating vegan stuff for a few days 
Yeah. Well, that's literally, yeah. But I mean, at the time I was like not doing good things in life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. At the time it was just not good and I was not listening to myself. And I think that was one of the, like, I might've mentioned it. Like there's just been several times in a, in a certain period of my life where I think I just completely ignored my psyche trying to reach out to me Mm. and that was definitely felt like one of them where I was just like yeah no thanks (laughs) thanks for giving me a corpse I appreciate it but I appreciate it I appreciate the gesture but no thanks (laughs) um anyone uh, do you guys have any thoughts about like what we're talking about at all and what I'm blabbing about or Sammy, you you said something about my dreams. Oh yeah, that wasn't really about like um sexual instinct stuff. I think um the one where you're like communicating through vibration that just felt like very um headlast to me. Mm. Yeah, uh, That's... and also you haven't been typed in OPS, but it felt like play last because you're just you're so disconnected from the tribe. Um, mm. So that that just stood out to me. Um, yeah, I think it was the spider dream. Yeah, that was the spider dream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds right. Were you going to eat them in your dream as a spider person? Were you going to eat the people or no? No, I was mm. just like, I was just playing with them. <laughs> I was playing with them. <laughs> they were playing them into balls and they, just it, rolling them around. Like, these are my little people. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they wanted to do it because they didn't run away. Mm-hmm. But, well, didn't you like literally sew them yes. new body? Okay, then they can't run away. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say because that's also like very like, I mean, so I think of spiders um, and I like that you put in like the vibration part because it's like spiders webs are like an extension of themselves, basically, that it's like. Mm-hmm they use it as like a certain tool, like they're connected to it and how it moves and stuff. So it's very mm-hmm. like um, airy in that sense for you, but then your food source that's also supposed to be connected to you is like really kind of, so it, it takes on this like sexual instinct form, like you're re- you're disassembling them and reassembling them, mm-hmm. but then you're not eating them. No. And a spider's supposed to eat what it catches and just like this whole process we're talking about like there is a disassembling part reassembling part but there's also that eating of the flesh part like you aren't eating them and that's the self-pres part <laughs> Kristen you're giving weird advice today <laughs> yeah, to eat people guys <laughs> just try it guys <laughs> <laughs> try it you'll like it you know I've been there this might actually come out towards Halloween this oh my gosh, yeah. Episode spooky. We're promoting yeah. cannibalism. And, and, guys, is it a coincidence that Kristen lives right across the street from a graveyard? I think that was a conscious choice on her part so she can get her uh uh, I actually my fixation. Yeah, my my basement actually just has a tunnel like connected right across <laughs> under mm-hmm. the street to the graveyard. Oh my god. Deep. Why do you think you're here, Kaisa? <laughs> <laughs> you thought you were coming to hang out 
Mm. Why do you think I'm trying to lure everyone in the group with pictures of food? Hey guys, come and stay here anytime. Well, you know what? I surrender. You can <laughs> disassemble me if you want. <laughs> We're doing a terrible job at explaining this. This is the worst episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're just giggly we're in the halloween spirit we're in the halloween spirit um yeah about the vibrations communicating with spiders that's also like sexual instinct too mm. it's like because it's there's an attunement to the space between things mm-hmm. space between uh <clears throat> objects of attraction or whatever uh it's like it it feels laced with with like the vibration and it's like a it's like thick with infused with with the thing that's like <clears throat> resonating like it's like a knowing of, of like a shared resonancing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. which is like not the same as nice have <laughs> That's true. That's a good distinction. Well, I think like the point <laughs> of why people should tear themselves apart um and then pick themselves back up and eat themselves is <laughs> the message of this podcast <laughs> is <laughs> Is to um, enjoy life and <laughs> <clears throat> an exquisite breakfast like Kristen did. <laughs> when you fall down, pick yourself back up and take a big bite off your own flesh. <laughs> Just try it. You'll like it. Just try it. <laughs> Exactly. I think the moral of the story is everyone mm. should try corpse yeah. to know what Kristen <laughs> to know what Kristen is talking about because Kristen she can't describe it because I can't for some reason she there wants is... us to, to experience it ourselves. Literally, no She's pushing other... us in her direction. I She's can't compare pushy. it to anything else, Sammy. <laughs> a corpse. <laughs> you need a corpse. You have to get one. Like everyone so... has them. I can still oh, remember the taste. It was just bad. I, how do I? That gives me nothing. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, <laughs> All right. Well, I know what I'm making for dinner when you come and stay over here, Sammy. I'm. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, wait. Sammy, Sammy, you will not be the one eating it. You will be the dinner. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I bet I taste great. So, <laughs> y'all should be lucky <laughs> oh, oh you're really integrating that sexual <laughs> yeah that's good that's yeah good. okay so what we are saying open your hearts open your insides <laughs> <Let's go up. laughs> i like that one better yeah <laughs> no i think it's um i mean i really liked especially in the osiris and just the idea of the cosmic man and stuff like that like there is a the aspect of self or god or goddess whatever 
that like it's very very strong and it's very mysterious and you aren't like you can't really relate to it fully but there are more um conscious aspects of yourself that can reflect parts of it if that makes sense and so it's kind of a matter of you know like we talked about in the loss of self thing and the numinous thing of just like there are parts of you that you think you understand that you really don't and that are very concretized that need to be chipped away to be more fluid like we've brought up about you know androgynous figures and you know ecstasy and that can be terrifying that can be panic inducing but that can also be freeing once realized as a human experience you know and so that's why I think like the the disassembling really is like the the old needs to die in order for the new to be reborn and that's just a constant you know practice in the sexual instinct and also in well the conscious sexual instinct and also in individuation which is all three of these instincts becoming consciously aware so that's the moral of the story and <laughs> that was really well said yeah thank yeah. you <laughs> i'm trying so to make some you can describe sense. this but you can't describe corpse can't describe corpse <laughs> i don't understand that but that's okay <laughs> one day i'll have this secret knowledge <laughs> you know what you're gonna you're gonna have a dream tonight and someone's gonna feed you a fucking corpse then you're gonna wake up and be like kristen i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> And I'll say, thank you, because that's the only way you're ever going to experience it. I know you aren't going to go eat a corpse. Mm. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty uh, ecstatic right now. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty risky. You're getting just greedy again. <laughs> oh, greedy, greedy Sammy. Toxic Sammy wants to eat corpses. <laughs> The way you said that sounded like a mom talking to her baby, like, oh, you want the apple? It's like, oh, Captain Sammy wants the corpses. Oh. <laughs> oh, thanks, Sammy. You get your little corpse. <laughs> oh, what am I going to title this episode? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know my corpse dream would have such a response. You know, I told this to you last night and you just stared at me. <laughs> it must have not registered. I was like, yeah, I it's ate a because... corpse. And you were like, <laughs> do you remember? Yeah, I do. I, it did register. It was okay. I was jet lagged probably. <laughs> That's what I figured. That's why I'm saying it's surprising me that the response is more exciting about the corpse dream wait what the flatline didn't respond <laughs> <laughs> no that's not what i'm saying yeah I'm saying i'm taken by surprise anyway you know, you know what it is though i'll just say i've experienced a dismemberment and a reassembling uh within the past 24 hours oh that's uh, right i was retyped in ops i went from uh an ep to an ij that's what I'm feeling right now. <laughs> I'm on this high. I'm like, yeah, I've, yeah, that's what's going on. That's your, there's your panic. Being an mm -hmm. IJ is just being a fucking panic all the time. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Welcome to it. Yay, Sammy. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm good. Um, not quite put together yet. No, not yet. <laughs> I keep thinking of like um, snippets from songs or like clips from TV shows that have talked about like cannibalism. Uh, or, or just like being cut open. But that's yeah. I'm right. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> I thought there was gonna be <laughs> something about it. <laughs> no, that's it. Okay, thanks for Thank sharing, you. Sammy. <laughs> but it's like I can just say these things, and I don't feel weird about it anymore because I'm like, yep. That's um, S-I-F-I, sleep. Uh, <laughs> this is who I am now. That's why Sandy <laughs> wants to know what my corpse tastes like. Yeah. <laughs> she needs to S-I register. It tasted bad. <laughs> but like... <laughs> <laughs> but can, you, can you use specific... Can I get the ingredients on that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Want to share the recipe? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh man! Mm. I, I ever wrote that dream down. I'll have to go try and find it. I don't think I ever did. I actually, I had, I only remember one dismemberment dream that I've ever had, and it was my high school uh, math teacher chopping off people's hands and feet. Ew! Yeah, I, I don't know. I've had like weird. I have like bad associations with like math, and for some reason, like when I experience violence in dreams, sometimes there's like a math component uh why why are you guys laughing I, these, <laughs> this, is a, this is gonna be the spookiest episode we've ever done <laughs> good thing it is almost halloween <laughs> spooky math <laughs> and i think like just thinking about it in the context of dreams i mean at least it helps because I think the sexual instinct stuff like we talked about in the first one or two episodes of it being like some things will be slightly disturbing Mm. and I think that is just kind of like it needs to like jar the ego in some way like it needs to like get it to activate essentially Um, and sometimes that requires some jarring things but that activation can lead to a better connection to it if that makes sense Yep. Mm-hmm.